Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of Krebcast. Krebcast is a podcast created by the Calgary Real Estate Board for its members. On each episode, we will cover a variety of topics geared towards Krebs members. We'll talk about how the market is doing, provide board updates, and discuss other topics of importance to our members. And I'm your host, Leah Cameron. I'm a communications advisor here at Kreb. On today's episode, we're talking all about realtor safety and how you can protect yourself during showings. We'll be talking to Jesse Woodchuck of the Calgary Police Service, Lorna Seelig, president of Safe for Life, a self-defense company here in Calgary, and Heather Coleman of the Alberta Real Estate Association. First up, we have Constable Jesse Woodchuck. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks for having me. So safety has been an important topic in the realtor community as of late, after realtors in Calgary and Lethbridge were assaulted at open houses. What are some steps that realtors can take in order to protect themselves during showings and open houses? Um, So there's kind of quite a bit of stuff. Um, Kind of starting out is, you know, finding that address. And then I recommend maybe just going to do a uh, drive by the neighborhood. Mm, Yeah. it's selling features. You can tell them what's nearby, but also you kind of know your roads in and out, what's close by. Um, you know, is there any kind of dodgy things in the neighborhood? And then, um, you know, when you get there, maybe park um, where someone can't block you in, but in a clear invisible area that anyone can kind of see. Yeah. Um, Not in the back alley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, just letting people know too, like where you are, exact addresses, stuff like that. Um, so if someone has to get a hold, it's kind of, you know, exactly kind of the address to go to. Yeah. Um, and then kind of starting off when you get there, take a quick look outside. Um, you know, go walk around the house, you know, check gates. How do they open? How do they function? How high is the back fence? You know, Again, selling features, but at the same time, too, you know, maybe escape routes or whatever the case is. If you have to go, like, how does the gate latch? Um, just kind of preparing mentally if, you know, for different scenarios. In case then, you need to make a quick exit. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, as well, like, you know, windows and doors. You know, uh, usually people are gone by the time you get there, I know. Um, so maybe just having a quick peek just to make sure everything works fine, everything's closed, so that way, you know, it's kind of no surprises. Yeah. Once inside, recommend, you know, opening the blinds in the house. Um, that way people can kind of see in as well. You know, the nice bright light kind yeah. of shows the house <laughs> and how much light goes into it. Yeah. Um, and then making sure, like, doors are locked that you want locked so nobody can kind of come in the back. Um, right. And then maybe checking that periodically. Um, when people going in and out, because people are sometimes nosy, want to go see it in the backyard or right. whatever. The doors are unlocked, so... Um, and then we kind of set up shop in kind of a big open area, uh, you know, uh, like big kitchen table or couches, stuff like that, where you can have uh, some barriers if need be. It's usually kitchen, living room, uh, you know, just be mindful if it's a kitchen. What does everybody keep there? You know, all the sharp, pointy things right. to cut food and everything. So um, just things to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is kind of dress professional, but not expensive. Ah, um, yes. So Target's... It, in these circumstances, you know, it was like sexual assault. Yeah. But, you know, there's some cases where it's been robberies where people come in and, uh, you know, if you're sitting there and you're wearing, you know, a $10,000 watch and all that, yeah. you know, they might come back and take everything or as well people going through the house and telling clients, 
you know, hide stuff. Right. But then also give the thing of, you know, don't hide it in the sock drawer or your nightstand. It's the same place that I'm guilty of it as well. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I am too. Yeah. It's, go uh, that today. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, those common areas where people keep things, um, that's where people look at. And there has been some distraction thefts at um, open houses. Okay. So somebody sits and, you know, talks to the realtor while the other person's going through the house and quickly checking those things. And they'll just sit and inundate you with questions. And it's like, right. this is weird. Just why aren't you go look through the house yourself kind of thing? Yeah. So, Good things um, to be aware of. Yeah, so that's the case. And maybe, you know, just have a chat and be like, you know, I'm just going to go check with them, see if they have any questions and, you know, can kind of scare them perhaps. Um, if a realtor does find themselves in an unwanted situation with um, someone else in the house, is it better for them to um, leave, like for themselves to leave the unwanted situation and leave the house or should they stay in the house and try to get the the individual out like what's the best course of action for them um so it all comes down it's kind of situational dependent um my kind of first thing is if someone's being suspicious you start kind of getting that spidey sense yeah um start asking them questions um you know start kind of getting specifics if people aren't really thinking about that they're going to start stumbling and mm-hmm. most people will be like oh where are you moving from and they'll tell you right away and give you quick answers yeah um, as well, if all of a sudden people start asking questions about you and not yeah. the house, oh, that's yeah. kind of a red flag. Obviously people are there to look at the house and, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, is there any other realtors showing here? In the right. House? And are you alone? Yeah. Yeah. So just odd questions. Um, and, and the other thing too is not to, you know, I know most people don't, but, um, just stay in the one area of the house, let people go through. If they have questions, you stay on the main areas and let them they stay ahead and let them lead. For sure. Yeah, and then, but like I said, it's kind of situational dependent. Um, I always, it's kind of uh, flight, not fight. Fight right. is the last resort. Gotcha. Um, you know, if you if it's just something simple, guys, or somebody's just being weird, and you can get them out of the house yeah. and stuff, that's fine. Um, yeah. If things take a turn for the worse, you know, the best is if you can get out. Get out as you can. For sure. Um, one of the biggest things I was finding while doing my presentations here. Um, is that people are very hesitant to call 911. Okay. Um, in these last two circumstances, uh, the realtors that were uh, assaulted in Lethbridge and here in Calgary, um, police weren't contacted directly. Okay. So when we get secondhand information, it's a slow process. Yeah. Um, you know, what's going on? Well, I'm not too sure, but they told me to call 911. So right. um, kind of the biggest things that we need is uh, if you were to call, um, I know people, one of the things that came up is calling and just leaving it, uh, not letting the other person know. Okay. Um, if you can best describe, you know, give the address right away. Yeah. So at least if we got an address, we can start heading there. For sure. And then, you know, you can maybe start talking about kind of what's going on yeah. um our dispatchers and stuff are tr- kind of trained to pick up on that stuff i don't know if you've ever heard the one um yeah there's a woman uh please down in the states she called and was ordering pizza and they're like you know this is 911 right and she kept going with oh, it and yeah. then yeah and then the dispatcher picked up and ended up being a domestic um right. you know because yeah. when they're asking you questions and the people aren't giving correct answers yeah then they kind of click in what's going on. And um, the other thing I have to say, too, is that when people say, well, I would say give the address is because it depends on the phone. Some phones are companies are great. You can yep. get a GPS. Okay. Yeah. 
very nearby, so we have a good idea, or sometimes it's like a kilometer radius. Oh, so wow. it's always say like try to address first is one of the easiest things because yeah. if we have that, we're already heading there. That's great. Um, and if, you know, our dispatchers kind of get a sense of something's wrong here, you know, we're coming to help right away. It's not we're going to sit and have coffee. Yeah. It's we're coming to help <laughs> you because we don't know what's going on. We want to make sure you're safe. Um, For sure. We are, we'd sooner show up um, to find out that, you know what, ended up being a nothing or a big misunderstanding than not showing up and you not calling it ends up to be something worse or down the road um, this was kind of a you know a test yeah and then you know maybe you could have helped someone down the road by preventing it so sure. um, we don't mind coming and having a chat with people and finding out what's going on um, like I said trust trust your gut trust your spidey senses if you feel like something's not going right you know maybe it's time to close it maybe time is not worth the sale um, yeah Definitely. Think about yourself. Think about your safety. Yeah. And um, I think one of the biggest things too is kind of when you're finishing up that open house, I know sometimes homeowners come to see how things went or they don't. Um, so I say when you're starting to go through the house, always have a flashlight with you. Um, the basements, maybe the blinds got closed, whatever the case is, power goes out. Um, especially winter months gets dark at like four. Yeah. So, um, to always have it with you and those little LEDs are cheap, but just something. Um, and then, you know, start from one area of the house and kind of work your way through kind of systematically. So that way, you know, yeah, everything behind me is clear and I'm still going. Um, and then also, you know, before you go out, just maybe as you're doing the open house, just take a quick look outside. Is there anybody that's been hanging around? And then also when, you know, you go to leave, is those people still there? And then, you know, kind of check your pathway to your vehicle. Um, is there any place where somebody could hide or something like that? Mm-hmm. And kind of the one of the biggest things now is I'm sure you can just see downtown is people on their phones. Um, yes. Avoid the phone. Keep your head up. Keep looking. And then as soon as you get to your vehicle, have a quick look front back seat mm-hmm. and then hop in and then start driving. Don't sit there and wait. Um, just drive best not to go home if you go to the office or stop for a coffee or something. Um, but if all of a sudden you kind of notice, maybe somebody starts following you. Yeah. Um, what we kind of tell, we can kind of do is just, you know what, start making turns that are like nobody would really do. Like like three or four left turns in a row. Okay. Um, and people, see if they're still following you. Yeah. People don't do that. Right. Right, Yeah. Maybe one, that's fine. Two, Okay. But you know, three, four. Yeah. Um, okay, something's happening. Like, this person shouldn't be. And tell people another thing. Have Bluetooth in your car if possible. Yeah. Just best to have hands-free and that you're like, not supposed to be on yes. your phone. But emerge- <laughs> that emergencies, you know, if you, you have to make a you call, gotta you got to do what you got to do. So um, drive somewhere public um, where there's lots of people. Um, if you can nearby, if there's any emergency services, like a fire station, EMS hall, police station, Right. You know, those are the best places to go. Um, but other than that, like a public area or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then also brought up to, um, you know, what if... I know it doesn't happen much anymore where um, you drive your clients around. Most people... Yeah. Me personally, when we're looking, it's like, we'll meet you there because I want my own car. Especially yeah. Calgary. It's so big, right? Oh, so, for sure. Um, but if you do have someone yeah. in your car, uh, we always kind of recommend that, you know, don't limo tint your back windows, um, because somebody right. could be in the back seat doing whatever, holding a gun or a yeah. knife and nobody can see. Right. Totally. And then if you want to look into your car, it's still pretty dark out uh, or pretty dark inside. So 
you know, stay on the yeah. main streets. And if it ends up being something where it's like, I need to get out of this car, um, uh, uh, I tell people, get familiar with your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a little side note, get familiar with your phone as well. Um, something I didn't realize with my iPhone is if you click the side uh, off button, I think it's like five or six times, all of a sudden uh, an emergency thing comes up and all you do is slide it. And I don't know, I can't remember wow. if it calls your contact or sends out an SOS thing. Yep. Um, that's really neat. Yeah. So just kind of that stuff as well as, um, GPS jewelry. Um, we did, I remember it was a call we had a few years ago where, um, a realtor, she had a GPS watch and ended up hitting the panic. Okay. So, um, I think it went to a friend of hers and then again, kind of secondhand information. Um, he gave us the address, so we went there, and turns out she just hit it, and everything was fine. Okay. But it was, um, like I said, we were going there like something was wrong. He couldn't reach her. Yeah. So, And that's the other thing, too, with people calling. You know, call us if you think it's an emergency or whatever to come check something out. Because yeah. if you call a friend, you know, people have their phone on them 24-7. Maybe it's like, you know, call 911, but yeah. the battery died and you left it sitting on the counter charging for 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. So, like... Call exactly. Us. It's, it's nobody's going to get mad at somebody for doing that. Yeah. So you're always there. You'll always answer. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it's a, it's a profession. It's, um, it's a job where you invite strangers into a place you're not really familiar with. That's usually empty. Yeah. So like, I mean, we get it. Um, and you know, you deal with so many people that something's off here and I don't feel safe. Give us a call. So definitely. Um, yeah, and then so I guess coming back to the other one. So if you have somebody in your car that you need to get out of right away, you know, it's best to stay in the public. You know, don't go over the back alleys and stuff. Stay in the public. And if uh, you can, just, you know, come up to a light or whatever, pull beside a car on your passenger side as close as you can, quick seatbelt, throw it in park, and then basically get out as fast as you can and go out. So, um, there's only one way out. And if you're out in public, you know, somebody's not going to sit and chase you. They're going to try to get away. So yeah, definitely. So like I say, make a lot of noise, um, flight first, um, fight if you have to. And I know you guys, um, it's kind of been, uh, pushing self-defense classes, which is yeah. great. Um, yeah. but the one thing I always tell people is, you know, mentally prepare when you go into an open house being like, okay, if this happens, what's my best exit route out of the house? Um, If I have to go at the back door, there's a gate. And that's why I say become familiar with it. This is how it opens right away. Definitely. You don't want to be fumbling with that in the moment. Yeah. Or go outside and be like, yeah, I'm going to go jump the fence. And then something happens and get out there and the fence is, you know, six feet tall until you can't get through it. So it's always best to prepare, run those scenarios. So if something does happen, you've already somewhat prepared for it. And it's not a complete, oh, what do I do? It's okay. This is quickly... Exactly. So, um, so yeah, like if something ever happens, it's best if you can get that address all right away. Cause if we can start coming there, perfect. And then we'll figure out what's happening on our way there. Yeah. Um, and then if something does happen, you know, it's best to be the best witnesses you can try to, you know, remember things, um, you know, names or certain things they said, or just, you those know, little details. Things, yeah, those little details that might not seem much, but yeah. can end up being a lot down the down the road if it ever came to it. So definitely, and like you said, it, it could be, um, you know, it could be that this person is just testing out the waters for the first time, but then for the next person, it does lead to something more. So, yeah, important yeah. to 
Report no matter what. <laughs> yeah, and it's better to be safe. And like I said, if somebody's in your house and it's starting to get weird, you know, start asking those questions. And if you need to become abrupt with people, then maybe you do and kind of yep. maybe call them out. And uh, usually from there, you'll figure out real quick kind of what their idea is. And um, yeah. so, but uh, yeah, there's just, it's just always being aware, have a plan, get familiar with the area. Um, you know, it's just, it helps in the long run, just being prepared. So for sure. That's great. Really, really great tips. I think that uh, our members have some good things they can keep in mind just in terms of making sure you know your exits, making sure that you just go with your gut. And if you need to call, uh, call 911, just go ahead and do it. Don't hesitate. Yeah. So like I said, we're, we're here. It's a, it's a very different profession for most people. Yeah. So, um, we get it and we'll, uh, we'll come make sure you're safe. And like I said, if it ends up being nothing, that's okay. Yeah. We would sooner that than, you know, the other things. So definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. I'm so glad that we could have you in today. Next up, we're going to be talking to Safe for Life President Lorna Seelig about self-defense and how to protect yourself if you are in a situation that turns south. So welcome, Lorna. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Hi, Leah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Lorna, can you start by telling us a bit about Safe for Life and the programs that you offer? So Safe for Life is a uh, self-defense and personal safety uh, awareness program. So we teach people the skills to use if they are ever in a scary and dangerous situation, if they are attacked, if they are threatened or feeling any kind of um, harm may come to them. We teach them what to do exactly in that moment um, so that they can escape, so that they can avoid a physical encounter or, or any kind of threatening situation that could, as you say, go south quickly. Um, so essentially giving them the skills that they need to get away, get safe, and report the incident. So with our programs, we start teaching children at the age of three, oh, quite wow. honestly, how to keep private parts private, how to seek help, uh, how to, you know, let a trusted adult know, how yep. to decide whether an adult is, is trusted and feels safe um, for the children. Then we have a program um, for kids that are a bit older, so kids between the ages of six and about 11-ish. Um, then we start teaching um, kids in their teens as well. Um, how, and so lots of that's in and around, you know, peer, you know, kind of strategies, those sorts of things. Dating, um, you know, kids at that stage, they get a little bit more independence. Yeah. Uh, and then we start um, into the adult training as well, which is um, part of what we do, um, you know, with any kind of professional um, you know, real estate agents, we, um, you know, have a big following of um, companies that um, seek us out in corporate Calgary. Yeah. So oil companies, we, um, you know, we do a lot of nonprofit organizations, people who have um, what we would call uh, community workers or solo entrepreneurs or solo employees, excuse me. So people that um, work on their own in the community, like realtors, like outreach workers, like nurses, like community, any kind of community um, uh, employee, any kind of employee that works in the community on their own or mostly on their own. Right. And you guys were actually here at Kreb not too long ago for a self-defense course, weren't you? Yeah, we were here yeah. a couple of weeks ago, called in by uh, a real estate organization yeah. and who was um, looking just in light of the recent attacks that were um, both in Calgary and then again in Lethbridge yeah. uh, a couple of weeks prior. So yeah, we came in and, and uh, trained a group of your associates and 
you know, of course, rave reviews and, and people are just, um, when they take this kind of training, they, they leave with, um, their head held high, a, a huge, huge sense of, um, confidence and, uh, quite honestly, peace of mind, yeah. knowing that if ever they are in a situation that is threatening and risky, they can handle themselves. They know what to do and they can get out of it and get themselves to safety. So let's talk about what realtors can do if they find themselves in an unwelcome situation, starting from how to identify that they're in a bad situation and then how to physically protect themselves. Okay, so we we typically teach folks how to rely on their intuition. I mean, that truly is, Leah, that is our body's alarm system. No different than a house alarm going off if the door is open. It is a sense that we have in our systems any, any living, breathing animal has this alertness, has this alarm system. And so we first need to really uh, check in on that. We know quite quickly when, because of the sensation in our body, um, when a, a, a situation could turn harmful. I think what happens for us as adults is we don't listen to it often enough and we don't respond to it quickly enough. We think we can negotiate our way out of it. We think yeah. we can rationalize it or justify it. And we, we just don't respond when we know we should or in the moment that we should. And unfortunately, things, things can go bad quickly. And if we are not in that state of alertness and awareness and responding as quickly as we could and should, sometimes that's when things go, as you say, south. Yeah. And we are in those situations. So my suggestion, quite honestly, would be to check into that instinct, check into that intuition that we have, and decide in that moment, is this a safe situation or is this not? And if it's not, we need truly to have the guts and the confidence to step away, to back away, to position ourselves in, in a home, let's say, or in an office so that we are less likely to be victimized or less likely to be a target of a physical attack. So sometimes that is, you know, moving yourself into um, uh, behind a table, let's say, putting a, a physical barrier between yourself and someone that may feel threatening to you. And other times, quite honestly, it is about um, letting that person know that you aren't available in that moment and that you aren't um, willing to have a further conversation with them. Asking them to leave, if they aren't going to leave, then we need to pull out, you know, what I might call our, our um, big reactive tools, our voice. Yep. We need to um, scream. In those situations, our voice, quite honestly, will be likely what saves us the first and, and the, the most assuredly. And we need to scream. We need to let other people know that we are in a situation that is causing us to feel threatened and to feel scared. And so sometimes a, a big loud scream or shouting no, super, super important. The other thing that we can do is we can put up our own physical boundary. And so I'd mentioned before about positioning yourself behind a table or right. a desk or putting a chair. Oh my God, that's my phone. It's <laughs> okay. No worries. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. That's okay. Sorry about that. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, so positioning. Yeah. Positioning yourself between, uh, putting a chair between yourself and somebody, putting a desk between yourself or somebody. If you're in a home, maybe move to a different part of the island. 
Um, if there is a reach out or any kind of um, physical contact intended by that other person, you've just got to scream. You've got to let other people know that you need that help. The other thing that screaming will do, though, as well as attracting that attention and getting the help that you need, is it pre presents to that perpetrator that you are not... Um, to be intimidated. Yeah. And so when you were screaming at somebody and shouting no in your most loudest voice, you elevate your uh, physical presence. And right. so as you know, Liam, like um, assault is about a, a shift in power. And so the perpetrator believes that they are much more powerful than you. Yeah. And when you shout at them, and whether that's a, you know, a firm no or stop or or back off, or whatever that might be, you literally raise your energy level up to match theirs, and they become less powerful. And, and they, they see themselves as less powerful, and, and you appear bigger to them. So it is super important. And, and when you see that in our classes, that people are um, responding in a way that is powerful and many times more powerful than a perpetrator. It is such, such a confidence builder and the empowerment that comes, super huge. So you want to scream at them. You want to be firm in your shout saying no or stop or back off or whatever that is. You also want to put your hands in front of you to let others know. You never know who is in the vicinity, but you want to put your hands in front of you and create a physical barrier. Okay. Okay. And again, I talked about that table, yeah. that, that um, you know, chair, yeah. whatever might be in front of you, but also your hands, letting them know that is far enough. Yeah. Don't come any closer. And quite honestly, Leah, if it comes to it, strike them. Okay. Hit them. Um, your, your vulnerable areas, your, your target zones or anywhere that is that sort of six to 10 inches down the middle of their body, right? right? So you okay. think eyes, you think any face, um, throat area, solar plexus, the groin, any of those kind of areas down the middle of that uh, person's body are your strike zones. Yeah. And use a, fun, use a, use a fist, use a, uh, a punch, use a strike, whether that's a, a um, you know, shot to the throat, a, a smack in the throat, smack in the face, pinch. Yeah. Um, kick them in the shins, kick them in the knees. Anything that you can do to interrupt their pattern of attack. Right. Okay. So a perpetrator has a plan. Yeah. And you need to figure out a way to interrupt that plan. Right. Sometimes the shout will do that. Um, and many, many times the shout and a strike together, 90% of the time you can end that attack right there. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. And then once you've, um, you know, you've taken your strike, should you kind of run away to the nearest exit, Definitely. go seek help, keep, help keep making lots of noise? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. So once, so essentially what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to buy yourself a few seconds. Right. So that you can escape. So you can make the exit. Exactly. And when you are exiting, when you're running out of that, that home or that building or that environment, yeah. you want to keep screaming because that's the moment where other people are going to be noticing. Right. Think about it. If you're seeing somebody running down the hallway screaming, oh, yeah. people are going to notice. They're going to look up and go, what on earth is going on there, right? Yeah. And people will come to your rescue. 
They yes. truly will. And they'll call for help for you, whether that's 911 or or help you help you to seek um, yeah. that that comfort that you need in that moment. And Leah, every single time you need to report those incidents. Right. Um, we so do a really bad job of reporting. They again, statistics are are um, you know they're they're kind of only as good as the uh, sources that you have. Um, but statistics show that somewhere between about eighty-five to ninety-five percent of the time. Um, perpetrators get away with whatever they're trying to do because oh, wow. it's not reported. So you think about, um, you know, between 10 and 15% of the time, um, perpetrators uh, are, are sort of reported for what they do. Yeah. Rarely do they get caught after the fact, unfortunately. But we need those statistics. We need to have people step up and report and let people know that... Um, this stuff is happening yeah. because we've we've got to change the we've got to change these these events. It's yeah. just not um, you know when we look at you know our young people and and children and teens growing up in in our situations, we really and and in our environments, it's super important for us to make sure that that kids have the skills and that perpetrators are stopped. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, to what you were saying about how we often suppress that feeling of, oh, I'm in danger mm -hmm. or this situation is as bad as I thought. Yeah. You can leave something like that and go, oh, you know, maybe it really wasn't that bad, but no, you, you do need to report it and you need to let others know about it. So no, I agree. That's just so yeah. important to yeah. make people aware of what's happening. Yeah. If someone wanted to attend a self-defense course or set one up for their brokerage with you, how can they do that? So feel, people can feel free to call me uh, directly. So that's at 403-701-9037. And my website is safeforlife.ca. So that's safe, the number four, L-I-F-E, .ca. So we put on public classes um, throughout the year. Uh, people can register to attend those. We also do, as you had mentioned, corporate classes. We could come out to a brokerage, um, come into uh, an office or any kind of organization and certainly run a class for, um, for those attendees. Perfect. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Lorna. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and for sharing some tips on how our realtors can stay safe during showings and just when they're out and about in the community. So thank you so much. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Appreciate it, Leah. For our final guest, we have Heather Coleman, Managing Director of the Alberta Real Estate Association. Hello, Heather. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Leah. <laughs> so Heather, in light of everything that's happened with the two realtor assaults in the province, um, Area has come out and offered to include a, a subscription to the Lifeline Response app at no additional cost to the membership, which is just amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about this app and how it's going to keep realtors safe? For sure. So obviously, I mean, the first point in any sort of safety plan that realtors have is to take preventative measures. But sometimes we know that no matter what preventative measures you're taking, you do need further assistance. And that's where something like a tool like Lifeline app can really come in handy. The reason that we chose Lifeline Response is that it allows you to connect directly in with, with first responders, mm -hmm. but also if your choice is you can also just connect in with your personal support network okay. or what, uh, 
what are called your lifeline. So you can choose colleagues, friends, family who can also be contacted. But what's really cool about this app is it has a couple of different modes that allow you to uh, automatically have your GPS signal um, sent to the first responders so they know exactly where you are and and can come and uh, take care of you, even if you don't have the time or ability to call 911. So one of those modes is the thumb mode. And the way that the thumb mode works is that if you're feeling vulnerable, you can set it onto thumb mode. You have to keep your thumb on your phone. And if you don't enter your disarm code when you take your thumb off your phone, then it transmits your location to first responders. Oh, wow. So say you're meeting a client for the first time and you're a little bit suspicious because you haven't had a chance to meet them at the office um, you maybe you Googled them and they don't really have a lot of online presence, so you just want to be extra safe. That's a good mode to potentially use. There's another mode that is a timer mode, so you can actually set the app with a timer, uh, and then if you don't enter the disable code when the timer runs out, then same sort of thing. So this is another situation where, say, it's 15 minutes and you want to give yourself 15 minutes to suss out a situation, make sure that it's safe. If it's not, and you don't enter your disable code, then that will go ahead and contact first responders. How many members have accessed this app to date? So it's been available to the membership now for a week. Okay. And in that time, about 1,000 members have already signed up. Wow, that's incredible. That's a really good response. Um, And I guess for realtors out there who haven't yet accessed the app, but want to, especially after listening to this podcast, um, how do they do that? So all area members should have an email in their email inbox that provides directions. But the other way to do it is to go to Apple Store or Google Play, download the Lifeline Response app. When you open it, use your email address that you use for realtor links so that you use to sign in uh, to MLS. And that is the email that has been provided as a verification code of your subscription. If you do have any issues with that, feel free to reach out to area directly and we'll get you connected. Perfect, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing those instructions. Well, and um, with that, thank you for coming in today, Heather, and for telling us a little bit more about this app. It's just a great thing for realtors, and we're just so happy that you're providing that service. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who tuned in for the podcast, and make sure that you keep an eye on Creb Talk for our next episode.